Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a program on the internet. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, those are a bunch of streaming platforms. Or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, wearing a swole bee. <laughs> She's the Dutch to the dork. She's Ashley Pickle. I meant to compliment you on your fashion. You look great. Thank you. Yeah, this literally has to be one of my favorite shirts. Like, Shout I'm not even gonna. Oh. I'm not even gonna hide it. Not only is it just great, and people kind of look at you like, why do you have such a big B on your shirt? On the so, other side, it is so soft. So here's the thing. I know you've had significant others in the past. Yeah. And I'm sure that you have. You have done what. I'm going to make a oh, yes. bunch of women mad. The swiper. Is, you yes, swipe their shirts. You steal their shirts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That is that is part of women's DNA yeah. is that they seal. Is that, and, you know, sure, I'm, I'm sure dudes do it too. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not here to criticize. I'm not here to, to, to judge. That I, I have that shirt at home, as you know. Uh-huh. Off limits to my wife. Yeah. Because I know once she puts it on, You're it's never over. Getting I'm never it getting it back. Yeah. And I was like, this is not always the case, but I typically, yeah, men's shirts are just bigger. Like, they're mm-hmm. made... Even if your significant other isn't like much bigger than you, they're still made bigger, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, no, you can't let her get a hold of this. No, once You'll she gets never it, get it no, back. It's, it's over at that point. So I've got to be, I've, you know, I got to be vigilant. I've you do. Be, there's, I mean, I've lost good shirts to her. Before. I was say, no, she's honey, a, I'll watch that one. Don't worry. She's a, she's a monster, <laughs> and she needs to be stopped. <laughs> Today is Tuesday, November 9th, twenty twenty one. Sixteen days till Thanksgiving. That's right. Sixteen days. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to... I have a big one. Okay. Miss Terry Adams. Whoa! Happy birthday. Yes, it's Miss Terry's birthday. Happy birthday to the uh, uh, to the original first lady of, Texas, of, of DCTF Live slash Texas Football Today. Happy, I presume, 27th birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Miss Terry. Uh, today is episode 1278. On today's show, guys, we're going to have our college football recap Take a look at what happened in the college football world across the state of Texas by answering our burning questions from Thursday. Then, we have no Craig today. We're bumping him to tomorrow. Uh, Craig is uh, busy with big boy stuff. He can't be bothered to um, 
to do mediocrity. You know. <laughs> um, so uh, instead, we're going to talk about the big news coming out of Lubbock yesterday that Texas Tech has a new head coach. You may have heard of him. He may have been a guest on our show at one point. And then back half of the show, we will roll out the DCTF top ten plays of the week, which uh, you guys sent us, and we are so appreciative of. Yes. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Coach Terry Crawford. Ten and eleven Panthers. Big playoff game this week against Avalon. Hold on. Uh, yeah, right. nailed it. Good job. Yeah, they lost the flip, though. they got to go to Avalon. Oof. You don't just walk in Avalon and get a win. Big test for these Panthers. Go on. Rob Hathaway, Aaron Arbuckle, and Tony Blaylock. And Miss Terry didn't quite make it, but we're going to we're gonna give uh, her honorable gift. mention. It's a birthday birthday first four through the door. Welcome birthday. in, fellas, if it's and your... the most special lady fella today. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. If, if it's your birthday, we can we can give you a little bit of yeah. we'll round up. Honorable you know mention, I mean? yeah. round up. Uh, that's right. All right, Pickle. It's time to answer some college football burning questions from the weekend. That's right. Back on Thursday, way back yonder, we asked some questions about college football heading into the week. Uh, and now I believe we have a few answers to them. So, Pickle, where do we start? Well, you hit the nail on the head with this question. Is this a potential oh, letdown game boy. for SMU? A 28-25 to 25 finish, the Mustangs do fall. Uh, look... I'm not right often, but this one had let one loss beat you twice wouldn't all over it. Yes, it did. Because Memphis is not a great team, but they're good enough to ruin your year. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly, exactly at home. Happened. And that's exactly what happened. What happened ultimately is that the the offense just kind of could not get their running game going. And for all we talk about as good as Tanner Mordecai has been, and he was pretty good in this game, they are so reliant on having... TC, SMU, when they're really cooking, is so reliant on having balance, and yes. they just couldn't get that. They weren't able to do that. Uh, you know, It doesn't help that they let Seth Hennigan go nuts, three, 392 and two touchdowns. They literally let him just yeah, torch them. He torched them. Uh, that doesn't help, but we knew that the secondary was an issue. It was an, it was an issue going into the Houston game. It was an issue going into this game. And, they, and, and the, the bottom line is that the, when the offense is hitting on all cylinders, it means that, they're, that they've got a lot of balance on their offense. They did not have that balance, and they basically asked Tanner Mordecai to go out there and do it all by himself. Uh, that bottom line is not gonna is not gonna not gonna do it. Um, this was a def- that the defense could not come up with enough stops, and the offense was not good enough to make up for it. Uh, I mean, they let Memphis run ninety five plays. Uh, that's uh, that's you that's just have to get football. them off get the them off field. field. How exactly how right. do you let them stay out there for that's that? Exactly long. right. Um, you know, they, the Tanner Mordecai got sacked five times. Um, no bueno, no bueno, no. and so uh, and so suddenly SMU's on the, on the bad foot here, and 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 let let this game let what should have been a really nice year, you know, slip away, and now they're going to be fighting to to finish with ten wins, which you know, by SMU standards, is pretty darn good. I mean, when you're still talking about ten wins, but still, it's disappointing considering where they were. I was going to say we just I feel like we have heightened our expectations mm-hmm. for them to the fact of ten wins just seems like well, why'd you let those two go? That's exactly right. What's next, pickle? Um, up next, we go. Don't call it a hot streak here, but <laughs> buy or sell the North Texas defense hasn't taken a step forward. I mean, 38-14 to 14 win over Southern Miss, okay. and it was not pretty at first. So here's the thing. This game was ugly, as every North Texas game is going to be from now until the end of time. Absolutely. Uh, this game was ugly. Now that said, and, and to be clear, Southern Miss, actual butt. Oh, dude, they're so bad. Hashtag actual butt. But that said, 78% stop rate held them to a 37% success rate. I mean, they looked pretty good. 
they they especially did not allow they did not allow a team that cannot throw the ball to throw the ball, which mm-hmm. is good. That was one thing I was really worried about. Right, because this is a team. Frank Gore Jr. is their best player. Yeah, and he ended up getting his in a certain extent. He had 82 yards, but like you can't let a guy like Jake Lang beat you because mm. he's bad. And they didn't. They didn't. That is the most important. That is the best step forward that we've seen, is that they're not letting bad teams do good things against them. Right. And That's just fine. That means you're mediocre. That's what we're hoping for. Right. And we, we talked about that earlier in the year of they were not able, they would get themselves in a hole, were not able to dig themselves no. out of it, even though they started playing well in the second half. And clearly that's still the same thing. Southern Miss is just bad enough that it worked. Yes. But it's like something if anything is going to change it has to be a a better start in mm-hmm. the first to be able to not dig yourself that deep they hole. didn't bury themselves at yes. least not too deep yeah. and so they were <laughs> able to uh, they were able to get the win and and you know look they forced three turnovers awesome cool stuff guys neat look what happens when you play a little bit of defense mm-hmm. and also when you play bad teams now they get a big game this week against utep they're a favorite in that game. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, and it doesn't surprise me. And that's UNT's homecoming, too. So, like, it this has bad news written all over it for, for the Mean Green. What's next, Pickle? You're such, a, such an optimistic Mean Green alum. Hey, <laughs> a if anything, I'm self-aware. A realist, yeah. What's next? <laughs> Up next, is this Texas State's last best chance to get a win in 2021? And how about the Bobcats? 27-19 to 19 over you. Monroe. Let me tell you. Rice very nearly beat Charlotte. We'll get to them in a moment. This was a good week for like... But teams. For like the bottom of the barrel Mm -hmm. for FBS teams. Really nice. Um, Yeah. Now, what I think is remarkable is this is... so, So, as we mentioned, Louisiana Monroe is very bad. They're very, very bad. North Texas kind of tried to outbad them, but... In the end, they ended up getting a pretty nice game from Tyler Vett. They ended up getting a nice game on the ground from from Jamal uh, Jamil J- Jeter, rather. Um, and yeah, they came up with plays. Now they tried to give it away um, in the turn. You know, turn the ball. You know, they put the ball on the ground a couple times. They probably should have lost another fumble. Um, and the defense was not supremely good, but it was good when it mattered. Um, and they, they, they won on the margins, which is not something we've said a whole lot. Um, the defense stepped up to the plate. They were able to run. The, they, they gave up a, a decent running game to, to Andrew Henry and Chandler Rogers. But in the end, it, it, they don't ask you how, especially with, North Te- or with Texas State. We're not asking how. Either one works, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was ugly. Um, ugly, but it was a win. And, and at that point, at this point, a dub is a dub. we are not in the business of criticizing Texas State wins. So it's a victory for them, and they needed it because otherwise it was probably going to get pretty bad the rest of the way. What's next? Pickle. Up next, it was our small school game of the week. What was the key to UIW to spring an upset? And how about that? 55 to 52 over, over southeastern Louisiana. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, you know how earlier you were talking about how I nailed it with SMU? Oh, yeah. I also nailed it with this one. Yeah. Okay. I don't like to give you credit, but uh, you did. Guys, this was a... It was a banger of a game. This was a fantastic <laughs> game. If you missed it, uh, 55-52, they pull off the upset. And what we said, uh, we were talking about how they needed to have, the, they need to get him into a shootout, right? Mm-hmm. Need to get him into a shootout. And Cam Ward throws for 6-10 and 7 touchdowns. Nice. And just outduels uh, the reigning uh, the reigning uh, Walter Payton Award winner. Um, this game was awesome. They they ended up coming away with the, with the big victory. And look, 
I, they 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 kind of said all right like finally what happened was that someone went up to southeastern louisiana and said you know what we've got the firepower that if you want to just go we can go mm-hmm. was, if you just want to throw hands we can throw hands it was literally did. who was going to have the ball last right and they did and in the end they were able to go out there and, and get the victory he threw a 25 24 yard touchdown pass to robert farrell with 24 seconds left which ended up, which ended up being the difference and incarnate word springs the upset they did it we nailed it uh, like again don't want to toot our own horn here on, on Texas football today, but we said just get him into a shootout and things will go crazy uh, and get one or two stops. And that's what ended up happening. Great win for Incarnate Ward and Eric Morris' squad. What's next, Pickle? Up next, how about those Horn Frogs with their first Gary Patter- first game without Gary Patterson, oh, rather? What is a reasonable expectation for TCU the rest of the season? And they pulled out the upset win over Baylor. Look, a reasonable expectation, of course – is to knock off a top 15 team mm-hmm. with your backup quarterback and with a re- and with a star receiver turned linebacker making the key defensive play. Chandler Morris was amazing. Yeah. He yeah. was amazing. I, I tweeted it like in the fourth quarter because I started seeing people on Baylor being like, oh my God, how can we not get him off the field? <laughs> they were so angry. And it, I, I just tweeted something along the lines like, ah, I see Baylor is getting Ch- Chandler Morris. Yep. Like, it's everyone, a verb. <laughs> everyone who follows, like, Texas high school football is, like, looking at it and be like, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that We could have told you that this was happening. Um, th- He was spectacular in this game. I mean, absolutely spectacular in this game. Gary Bohannon threw a pair of horrifying interceptions in this game, including one to Shadrick Banks. That Shadrick Banks. <laughs> Have you heard of him before? Remember him? Um, and they did it. It was it was truly, genuinely remarkable. Um, now look, is this a dead cat bounce? Almost certainly. Absolutely. But that's all it takes. They could go bowling now. Like they got a they got a reasonable chance at a bowl now. They needed to steal one, and they did. Um, they this, got an opportunity. I was thinking, this is one of those two that we'll figure out a lot next game as to whether or not if we see Chandler Morris go out there in the first half of next game and really start lighting people up, then it's kind of one of those things that the same thing happened when Tom Herman got fired mm-hmm. and they started using B. John Robinson, and it was like, oh, hmm, maybe this was the issue. Yeah, it was. It's uh, an incredible, an incredible victory um, for for TCU, and you feel great for them. Mm-hmm. For Baylor, boy, this is disappointing. It is a, is a super big understatement. I mean, you were kind of in the catbird seat to make it to a Big 12 championship game, and now that seems pretty far-fetched. You need a lot of chaos to get there. This was disappointing specifically because, like, the strength of your team, which was defense, really let you down. Mm-hmm. And, and that's got to be most most disappointing there for, for Baylor. Um, yeah, but great win for TCU. Good win for Jerry Kill and company uh, getting the win. What's next, Pickle? Up next, another fantastic performance from the Texas team here. <laughs> another one we nailed. Yeah. Who plays better on Saturday, Zach Calzada or Bo Nix? And you said it. Well, first off, the final score, 20-3 to over Auburn, which was a great win. Um, and you said it. Somebody will show up and somebody won't. But we didn't know who it was going to be. Here's the funny thing. Both of them stunk. Yep. <laughs> Both of them were bad, bad, bad in this game. Now, uh, again, let's give some credit where it's due. Both these defenses are exceptional. They are. These are exceptional defenses. But Zach Calzada was bad, and Bo Nix was worse. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix was terrible in this game. I mean, you got bad Bo 
all over. Bad. He was he was <laughs> he was horrifying. That needs in this to game. be a hashtag. Hashtag he, bad Bo. He was horrifying <laughs> in this game. And by the way, the only touchdown in this game was a defensive score. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a miserable game uh, offensively for both teams. Give a lot of credit to the defenses, but the the, the A&M defense was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and in the end, uh, you know, A&M made enough plays to put him in position for enough field goals, and the defense made one splash play. But Bo Nix was horrifying in this game. And if you guys are trying to convince me that Zach Calzada is like the long-term answer for A&M at, at quarterback, I'm just not convinced. I think he's had one great game. And aside from that, he's been just fine. Mm? If fine. Mm-hmm. Big game this week gets Ole Miss. But hey, listen, as long as the defense playing like that, it don't matter. You could throw me out there at quarterback and we, can, we might win a game. That, let's, let's not, not go crazy. crazy. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> anyway, great win for, for A&M. What's next, Pickle? Over to Conference USA, sad hooting. The over under the question was over under on three hundred and twenty five and a half total yards for Rice. I don't know what that ended up, but I will tell you that Rice falls to Charlotte in overtime thirty one to twenty four. Sad it, it hurt, sad hooting. Yeah, it hurt my heart. Uh we were we were we you know, Rice had this game. They did. Um Rice had this game, they 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 uh, they gave up a touchdown, I believe, with how much time was left in that game? It was not much. Um, with minute fourteen left, they gave up a touchdown with a minute fourteen left, and uh, and uh, to tie the game, it goes to overtime, uh, and they give it up in the worst. They lose in the worst possible way, um, and, and it was it was just just a tough tough game, uh, tough tough. Oh, tough game. Anyway, as far as the over-under is concerned, uh, the over-under was 325. Is that right? 325 and a half, yeah. They hit the over. 400 How about and, that? 415, uh, 468 oh, yards. That's a good, offense. I mean, yeah. that's Offense good for good. Rice. Jake Constantine looked good in this game, mm-hmm. uh, and then they were able to run the ball. Ari Broussard was a revelation for them. Really good in this game. Uh, but they let one get away, unfortunately. And this would have been another game where they go on the road and, and, and play really well and come away with a victory. But in the end, they, they gave up too many too many plays late and, and ended up losing that game. So, um, Rice, sad, sad hooting. What's next, Pickle? Uh, Texas is 4-4. Four and four. Is this season already a failure? And they go to Iowa State and get their pants pulled down. Um, it's a failure now. Thirty to seven. I mean, this is a four-game losing streak. Oh, and this was this was the this is the worst Texas has looked all year. It was awful. This and and by the way, I don't think Iowa State is some world beater. No. Uh, but they got torched by Brock Purdy. They got torched by Brees Hall, and their offense looked absolutely listless. Listless. They're they sixth up, in the Big they Twelve end up now. Benching Casey Thompson, bringing the Hudson Card. Didn't do a whole lot of good there. This was a miserable game. This was as bad as Texas has looked this season. I quit watching it. I'm not going to lie. It was just disgusting. It was a bad game. They looked awful. And so now, yeah, it's a failure. And there is now... So, by the way, the rest of their schedule... So, they are 4-5. Four and, fi- four and five. Um, They are going to need... They've got to, they've got to play Kansas and West Virginia. And then they get uh, uh, Kansas, West Virginia, and Kansas State. Now... Now, on paper, on paper, they should finish seven and five. Mm-hmm. On paper, they should. On paper, ain't meant a whole lot for Texas. Is the West Virginia game on the road too? Yeah, they're at West Virginia. Eleven a.m. kick too. That never is good. Eleven a.m. kick. 
Anyway. Yuck. Ugh. It's now, bad. I'm not I'm not on the fire Sark bandwagon. Y'all got to no. chill with that, but it's and certainly a disappointing it, debut. Someone dropped that in the comments too like the, those aren't his guys and yes, that's always there's all that's why coaches get a couple of years to try and figure it out to bring mm-hmm. in their own guys, but realistically speaking, mm, it shouldn't be that bad. All right, what's next? Up next, let's go to a more positive result here. The Cougs offense ranks 71st in EPA per play. Is that a concern? Well, 54 to 42 in a shootout over South Florida. Yeah. They got the win. The offense decided to cut the brakes. Like, they heard what I said. Yeah. Um, They heard what I said. They were like, no, it's not a concern. And and their EPA, by the way, their EPA per play was was exceptional in this game. You'll never believe that. Um, Clayton Toon was great. Uh, Alton McCaskill and Tazon Henry each went for over 125 yards on the ground. Uh, Offense carried the day. Suddenly, the defense just decided to, like, I don't know, like, stink on ice i don't really understand what was going on with them like you know the it was a really bizarre game um that they were giving up big play after big play they give a kickoff return for a touchdown this was back and forth uh but in the end they end up coming up with big plays it was a a wild special teams game Mm um i don't know they end up ringing up 631 yards of total offense so you don't necessarily complain especially with the question being that their offense was only mediocre Mm -hmm. offense won a mediocre in south florida uh, they're going to be favored in the rest of their games, but uh, but big win for them. You got to win your defensive clunkers, but but they got to they got to win in this one. What's next, pickle? And finally, what we said was the game of the year. The question mm. was make a play against the sp- oh that says I put spreak. It's supposed to be spread. The spreak. Um, Roadrunners were favored by eleven versus uh, UTEP Miners, and the score ended up being forty-four to twenty-three. Mm-hmm. UTSA. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not that close. It, that is totally not indicative no. of how the game played. Those were garbage time points for the uh, UTEP. UTSA shot their ass off. They, <laughs> I mean, did. they, just, they just they shot it clean off. Yeah, uh, this was a a a demolition from uh, from UTSA, uh, an offensive uh, just just masterpiece mm-hmm. uh, from Frank, from the very beginning. There was sincere, never a doubt. Sincere McCormick was supremely good. Frank Harris was supremely good. The offensive line was great. Zakari Franklin was a monster. Mm-hmm. They could not defend the slant for some reason. I just don't understand why they wouldn't defend the slant. Seems like a good idea to defend the slant, but they just couldn't. Um, and yeah, UTSA absolutely dominated them in this game. Uh, UTSA, meet me. They are nine and zero. They look every bit the part of a uh, the best team in Conference USA. Uh, Going to be favored in the rest of their games and uh, looking like they could go twelve and zero. It's a disappointing two game losing streak for UTEP, and now they it is a critical game they got to go on the road if they want to stop the bleeding and prove that they're more than just a flash in the pan they got to go on the road and beat a bad north texas team uh on the road so uh disappointing for you for utep but for utsa meet me yeah that that conference championship game is looking real real likely to end up playing in the alamo playing san antonio exactly right so there you go there's our college football whatever Recap. <laughs> We're at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in a Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle! Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with Dairy Max to present, uh, to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Dave Campbell's Texas Football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week and let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. And all it's up to the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 11, Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. 
Grapevine offense coordinator Scott Loy. In a matchup for the District 4, 5A Division 2 crown, the Mustangs offense rang up 524 yards total offense, and Caleb Tejada ran for four scores in an 86-6 romp over Fort Worth Wyatt. Summer Creek defensive coordinator James Harper. The Bulldogs are riding into the playoffs on a high after stymieing district rival Kingwood 42-6 in the regular season finale. Gilmer offense coordinator Brody Lipsy, Brandon Tennyson threw for 352 yards in a score to pace the Buckeyes' attack in a 55-14 win over Pleasant Grove. And Coleman defensive coordinator Weldon Thompson, the Blue Cats defense, held Winters to just 72 yards total offense in a 42-0 victory. Good for Coleman's fourth shutout of the season. So those are your Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. All right, Pickle, normally in this time we will be joined by Craig Way, the Texas High School Ball Hall of Famer. But today we got a little something special. We got some breaking news. And by breaking news, I mean it broke. I believe our friends at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal broke it late, late, late Sunday night, early, early, early Sunday, Monday morning. Yeah, Pete Thamel, right? Uh, uh, no, our what? friends at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal oh, okay, okay, had okay. it first. Let's, let's put some respect on okay. local media's name. Absolutely. Our friends at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal got it. Um, and that is that Texas Tech has named the head coach to replace Matt Wells. And they have gone to a familiar name, a friend of the show. Texas Football Today's very own. TFT's own. Joey McGuire, the former Cedar Hill head coach and Baylor associate head coach, has been named the new head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. This had been a name that that late last week there was a lot of smoke around. Mm -hmm. That we were starting to hear rumblings that Joey McGuire was interviewing, Joey McGuire was the guy, Joey McGuire was the favorite, however you want to phrase it. And it is, I think what's important to to note here is how Darkly different this is from pretty much any hire that Tech has made. Ever. Maybe ever, at least since Spike Dykes. Yeah. So think about their their last few coaches. Most recent coach was Matt Wells. Matt Wells, a... Um, from Utah State. He was a an established G5 head coach with a good coaching pedigree, but he didn't have a ton of ties to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes in... He's not able to, to get the job done for one reason or another. He's fired after after fewer than three years, right? So there's so Matt Wells. Before that, it was Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. Cliff Kingsbury um, was a local hero, uh, a folk hero. He was a highly thought of uh, coordinator. Uh, he was a guy who was considered a, a, a homegrown boy, a guy that everybody liked around town. They thought, we're going to take a shot on a young guy, even though he doesn't have any head coaching experience at any level, because he's the hot coordinator name and he's one of ours. Didn't work out for him. Obviously, it's working out for him elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Before that, it was Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville, unless I'm forgetting something. Um, let me make sure I'm doing doing my due diligence. I'm fairly certain. Um, that sounds... I, yeah. I believe you're right, yes. Um, it was Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville was a guy who had um, a lot of uh, a, a pedigree. He was a guy who had coached at the highest level. He had done big things at the... Um, he had done big things at the... Uh, at, at, at an SEC school. Um, he was the guy that, that everybody looked at as, as a guy that, that could build the program. It didn't work for one reason or another. He was out. Tommy Tuberville didn't have great ties to Texas. Before that, it was Mike Leach. Now, Mike Leach is probably 
you know, he's here. He's the outlier here because obviously he's the one who's had the most success. But it's important to remember that before this, he was the kind of the hot offensive coordinator name that they bring in the Texas Tech. He kind of goes a little bit wild, does things his own way. He's obviously successful, but he didn't have super close ties to Texas in that regard either. I mean, he was a, he was a California guy. He went to BYU, you know, all of these things. Prior to him, and this is probably the most the closest avatar we have to um, uh, to what they're getting in Joey McGuire, at least as Texas Tech is concerned, is Spike Dykes. Now, Spike Dykes is a revered name out there in Texas Tech. Uh, he led them three-time Southwest Conference Coach of the Year. But he was a guy who, was, who cut his teeth in the Texas high school football world, um, who had very close ties to Texas, uh, very close ties there, and uh, this was his first collegiate head coaching job. He had been an assistant at a few different places, including the defensive coordinator for a couple of years at Tech before he got the promotion to the big chair. That is probably the closest avatar we have historically to Joey McGuire being there. Joey McGuire, if you don't know, is a guy who cut his teeth in the Texas high school football world. He is most known as the wildly successful coach at Cedar Hill, guiding them to three state championships. Um, before he left to join Matt Rule's staff at Baylor and become kind of assistant head coach slash recruiting ace. That's what his job was. His job was to be the guy who, him along with David Wetzel, to be the guy who had the close ties to Texas high school football coaches and the Texas High School Coaches Association. Uh, there are few guys in the state of Texas who are as revered among Texas high school football coaches and who are as beloved as Joey McGuire. If you go and look at what every coach in the state, basically every Texas high school football coach in the state is doing, they're all fist pumping at this. They're all very excited mm-hmm. that Joey McGuire, one of theirs, one of their own, is getting an opportunity at Texas Tech. <laughs> okay, I'm going to quote our friends, um, uh, our our friends at Split Zone Duo, one of my favorite podcasts. Split Zone Duo is, a, is an excellent podcast. You should subscribe to, to their Patreon, et cetera, et cetera. They have a, um, they, they have a, uh, a, a few, they put up a podcast the other day um, where they described Joey McGuire. <laughs> I'm just going to read it. I'm not necessarily agreeing. I'm just going to agree. It. Texas Tech hires non-buyout Jeff tra- Trailer. Not entirely wrong, okay? The parallels between Jeff Trailer and Joey McGuire are, I think, very obvious, yes. okay? Jeff Trailer cut his teeth at the high school football world. He was a wildly successful high school football coach. So was Joey McGuire. They both went off to college. They became known as big-time assistants and recruiting aces. Both do that. Now they're getting their shot at the next level. They're both known as culture guys. They're both known as guys with great relationships, guys that you want to run through a brick wall for. Doesn't that sound like both Jeff Trailer and Joey McGuire? It's the same guy in a lot of respects. And so, Joey McGuire is going to be the new head coach there at Texas Tech. Um, you're already seeing the results. He's, he's, he got commit, three commitments last night, all from Cedar Hill, um, to, to Texas Tech. This is, in my mind, this is a play of Texas Tech looking at the landscape and saying, guys, the name of the game is not out-scheming people. The name of the game, not that he doesn't know scheme. That's that's insulting. He uh, certainly knows scheme. But the name of the game is talent acquisition. Plain and simple. 
talent acquisition is the name of the game. That's how we're going to be able to get to the top of the Big 12. And they brought in a guy whose job, whose number one, uh, the number one thing he brings to the table is he can sit across from the from somebody. He can go to any high school in the state and look across from them, and that guy is going to say, let me tell you about our best players and what's going to get them on campus in Lubbock. That's the advantage that Joey McGuire brings. Now, I'm going to be extremely interested to see who he hires as his offensive and defense coordinator. Mm-hmm. I would think he goes veteran there. My guess is that he's going to do those guys because in a lot of ways, if you don't have the head coaching experience, because for Joey McGuire, I think what you're going to see, people people ask the question, you know, what um, what is he as far as, um, you know, is he an offensive guy? Is he a defensive guy? And stuff like that. By trade, he's a defensive guy. By trade, he's a defensive guy. I think you need to start thinking of Joey McGuire, though, as a CEO. I think he's going to be the CEO of Texas Tech, and I think he's going to hire assistants he really trusts to really be the hands-on guys on the offense and the defense. Of course, he's going to be extremely involved, but I think he's going to be a CEO type, and he's going to rely a lot on his assistants because what he brings to the table is obviously talent acquisition. He is a culture builder in the same way that Jeff Trailer is. He is a relationship builder in the same way that Jeff Trailer is. He is all of those things, and I think he's going to let a lot of the other guys handle the nitty-gritty scheme uh, and, and do those things that way. I'm extremely interested to see who he hires as his, as, his, uh, as his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. I think that's going to be very telling. Look, I can't hide my feelings, okay? I've known Joey McGuire for a decade, Okay. Joey McGuire is a guy that, like, I consider to be a friend, okay? So, of course, I'm thrilled for him. Uh, I think that I think it's a, it's, a, it's a huge opportunity for him. I think it's a long time coming. I think everybody in the coaching world, this is a guy that people were whispering about as a guy who is going to be the next thing and, and on that list of guys to get a head coaching job. Um, I'm obviously thrilled for him. Um, it's a tough lift out there at Tech, okay? It's a tough lift, and it's getting tougher because of the way that the conference realignment is is shifting. Texas Tech is putting their eggs in the talent acquisition basket. And if you want to consider this a risk, I think that's fair. In the same way that Jeff Trailer was a risk. In the same way that, um, you know, there, there are guys this thing has not worked out for in the, this, this, style of, this style of coach, bringing in this guy. With that said, I think that if you are talking about a guy who can shape the culture and who can turn that into a winner and get people excited about Texas Tech football, I think Joey McGuire can be that guy. Uh, I'm excited to see how it shakes out in Lubbock, uh, and I think that he's got an opportunity to do big things if he can le- if he can do what he's done, what Jeff Trailer has done, which is to leverage uh, his his inroads with Texas high school football coaches, and most importantly, those those relationships don't matter if you don't win. They got to get some W's on the board. Well, and I think that if this works out, this is this is a big win for the state of Texas as a whole. And you see oh, the yeah. THSCA really pumping this out. And I was lucky enough to be the one to do the inner Joey's uh, Hall of Honor interview because he in the 2020 class we had to do it over Zoom because gestures broadly everything was happening, but. 
uh, I was lucky enough to talk to him about what it meant to go into the THSCA Hall of Honor. And, you know, something, one of the stories that he told me that I thought was so cool was when Matt Rule came in and obviously convinced him to go to Baylor. Um, Joey, one of the first things he was telling him was about, you, you got to join the Texas High School uh, Coach Association. And he was like, oh, okay, well, I can do that. And then he goes on and on. And then you see just this year, Matt Rule, obviously the head coach of the Panthers, and he's wearing a THSCA hat when he mm-hmm. comes to play here. And it was really cool to hear about kind of how that's going and specifically if this goes and it works Mm -hmm. being able to keep some of the top talent in the state of texas in texas we talk about that a lot about how that you know we're losing them to alabama we're losing them to clemson lately it's that type of thing this might be one of those things that if they keep hiring people like jeff trailer keep hiring people like joey mcguire who boost up those texas ties then we get to keep that talent in the state of texas and i think that's huge i'll go a step further too there's a lot of pressure on Jeff Trailer and Joey McGuire. They're carrying the banner for Texas high school coaches. Yes. Because I think that there is a notion that high school football coaches in Texas, they're great coaches for high school. Mm-hmm. You know, you're great high school coaches. I think that everyone in the state is going to be rooting for Jeff Trailer. All the coaches in the state are going to be rooting for Jeff Trailer. They're going to be rooting for Joey McGuire to mm-hmm. succeed because it proves that we're not just great high school coaches. We're great coaches. Hard stop. Uh, to that to that point about Texas ties, I will uh, a, a brief Joey McGuire story. This was back in boy, when did Matt Rule get hired? Uh, I guess twenty seventeen. Yes. Twenty seventeen. In twenty seventeen, um, Joey McGuire texted me and he said, "Hey man, I need some magazines and some Dave Campbell's." I'm like, "Oh okay, sure. You know, if you need a couple, I can send them your way." And I said, "Actually, you know what? I was going to go down to to Waco. I had to do a uh, TV interview. I could drop them by." He goes, "That's great. That's great. You know, when are you going to be here? Because rules leaving to go to the Jersey Shore for <laughs> vacation, and he needs to be have that on the beach. He needs to have it." And I was like, "Oh, don't worry, I'm coming." Stuff like that. And so sure enough, we go in. Like I bring like a stack of magazines. And McGuire, like, meets me at the door of the dining hall as if, like, I'm a, a conquering warrior. He's like, here he is. He's got the stuff. <laughs> Rule, get over here. So that's the first time I met Matt Rule. And he was like, he's like, this is it, man. This is the, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta dig into this, okay? <laughs> this is what's gonna win you football games and stuff like that. And he's like, okay, fine. Like, Matt Rule's kind of looking at me. He's like, did I hire a psychopath? Yeah. And, like, he kind of did. He's bringing me this magazine. You kind of <laughs> did, coach. You kind of hired a psychopath. Anyway, we're thrilled for Joey McGuire. Uh, we're excited to see how it works out there at Tech, and uh, and and I know that there are a lot of people in the state of Texas who are rooting for him uh, because of what it would represent for Texas high school football coaches. So, big doings out there. Joe McGuire, the new head coach at Texas Tech. All right, Pickle, let's talk about our coach of the week, Dave Campbell's Texas football. And from now on, our proud team up this year to honor what head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your week 11, from now on, Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Riley Dodge from South Lake Carroll. Coach Dodge's Dragons closed out their third unbeaten regular season in four years on Thursday night, rolling past Keller Fossil Ridge 62-14 to earn the outright District 4-6A title. 
In 5A, DJ Mann from Lubbock Coronado. After an 0-3 start to the season, Coach Mann's squad rebounded down the stretch to win six of their final seven games, including knocking off previously unbeaten and state-ranked Amarillo Tascosa, 48-29. In 4A, Mike Troutman from Sinton. Since returning to his alma mater three years ago, Troutman has restored the Pirates into a feared force in the Coastal Bend. They closed out the regular season with a district title and 9-1 overall record with a dominant 31-13 win over Ingleside. In 3A, Aaron Witten from Spearman. Leading his injury-depleted squad to a must-win Week 11 showdown with Tulia, Coach Witten's links put together a virtuoso performance, knocking off Tulia 48-45-28. In two-way, John Elder from Coleman. Coach Elder's Blue Cats closed out an regular, unbeaten regular season with a dominant 42-0 win over Winters. The 9-0 Blue Cats move on to the playoffs as one of the favorites in a loaded Region 1 bracket. And what a Cooper Thornhill from Blum. The Bobcats one in five start seems like a distant pass as Coach Thornhill guided Blum to a resounding 78-32 win over Avalon to clinch District 11 1A Division One title and finish district play perfect. And in the private school rank ranks Nathan Larned from uh, Houston Kincaid. The Falcons avenged a regular season loss to previously unbeaten Episcopal School of Dallas when it mattered the most, romping to a 42-17 win over the Panthers in the, in the SPC 4A championship game for the school's 31st state championship. So those are your Week 11 from now on Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the schools. Thank you for all you do for players, schools, and communities. For more information on how your school can get a one-stop shop experience that transforms how it connects with fans and communities, visit from dash now dash on dot com. Okie dokie pickle. <clears throat> it's time for the week 10, week 11 rather, DCTF top 10 plays of the week. Reminder if you see a play that is worthy of being considered for the DCTF top 10 plays of the week, please tweet it to us. Hashtag DCTF top 10. You can also get to us on Instagram. Pickle sifts through them all, decides which ones are the best. She got this, she got a weird formula that decides which ones are the best. Big Excel sheet. Yeah, it's tough. Um, but anyway, here's week 11, the DCTF top 10 plays of the week here on Texas Football Today. Wise defense, they are swarming. Now an opportunity to really take command. Wolves setting up at the Georgetown Eagle 28-yard line here as we approach the late stages of quarter number one. A double wing set out of the shotgun for Bradfield. And a flip, and it's going to go back and wide, wide open in the end zone. All he had to do was make the catch, and he did there for the easy touchdown. Coming in was Micah Gifford. He'll short kick it a little bit, but still within Nelson's range. He'll take it around the 24 and find wide open space to run. You're not going to catch him. C.J. Nelson on the opening kick. 77 yards and a touchdown.
we get the nice return here. Sidesteps a man, still on his feet. Bouncing to the outside. Here we go. Here goes Deuce Barrington. He's across midfield. Can anyone bring Deuce down? They can not. Touchdown. Two timeouts, play fake. Hamlin hit as he throws, looking for Kyler, and it is incomplete, caught on the deflection, touchdown! Emmett Greenman, I can't believe it! There it is, your DCTF top 10 plays of the week presented by our friends at Body Armor. Um, They're who, getting good. Who was that last one? It was... Sorry. I'm, that was a, yeah, hang on. Let me... Game-winning Hail Mary functionally. Yeah. Uh, there. That up. was... Those are getting... This is getting better and better. Like, the the, the, the fifth play made me gasp. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's that's when you know it's getting good, uh, is, when, is when play number five is like... <gasps> Oh my gosh! Uh, that was the, uh, yeah. So, of course, if you see a play that is worthy of being in the DCTF Top 10, please make sure you go to hashtag DCT or use hashtag DCTF Top 10. We will uh, gather all the ones that you tag for us and we will be happy to share them, put them together in a cool compilation that you can all share and send them around to people. Do you have the game? No. Okay. Possibly. Here we go. Um, let's this is going go great. with this is uh, this is our transition to final thoughts too. Yeah, we're we're final thoughtsing right yeah, now. Yeah, this is the final thoughts. Um, we're well a podcast. Been doing this for, you know more than six years now, so you know this is the type of stuff you come to expect from us. That's actually sadly true. This is the type of stuff you come to expect from us. Yeah, it was. Oh goodness. Mm-hmm. I think it was Weatherford. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. I believe, yes. I think that was what, yes. Weatherford. Weatherford. Mm -hmm. The game-winning Hail Mary. Yeah, the Kangaroos. The number one play of the week. Glad we got that. Yep. Okie dokie. So, do you have any final thoughts? Um, If you missed them last night, all 12 of the Bracketology videos are up on our YouTube page. Uh, So, please go give that a watch. Those went up last night. Um, Coming tomorrow, we've got our predictions. We're each going to have our uh, bracket predictions. I believe uh, Ish and I are also going to have our um, upset watch for week one. There you go. Or for for round one. So, we've got a lot coming on TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com slash playoffs, of course. Um, Tomorrow, we will be joined by Craig Wayne. Well, you okay? Am I boring you? No, oh, good. Sorry. <laughs> Am I boring you? I am tired. 
Um, <laughs> we will have Craig Way tomorrow. We'll also have, I believe, Greg Powers. Uh, so star-studded show tomorrow. Make sure you tune in for that. It's going to do for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Ashley Pickle, go get a nap. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please win your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow. Texas Football Today.